0: Hi and welcome to The Making our way podcast. This week we review all of our Christmas making and I sit down and interview Morley and Eden about their cross country van trip. Thanks for listening. How's it going guys? What's up?
1: Hey hey. What you been up to, Austin? Just, you know, same old thing, but so I'm getting a lot of orders shipped out but uh US Postal Service decided they were going to lose like a large majority of my orders and so oh, they're so been, convenient and so frustrating at the same time. Exactly. And the, the problem was <laughs> I shipped them on 1129. So like right after Black Friday and our, it was all the orders from Black Friday weekend. And then they sat as picked up like the, they acknowledged that they had them oh. since then. And then there was no movement. And then today people message me. They're like, hey, by the way, I got the tracking notice. And then they delivered it at the same time. So it was like you know, that it had been shipped and then they got it in the mailbox. But luckily they're starting to show up because it was a uh, large, (laughs) large amount of money for the, for those orders. So.
2: So how did you, how did you deal with it as a business owner? There's Like when it, how did, what's your chain of events?
1: So filing for like a claim is such a waste of time. Like with you, with with, with us postal service, it is just a waste of time. Really? Uh, Even with orders that size? Well, here's the thing, of course, I didn't put extra insurance on them, mm. oh. you know, so you're capped out at a hundred bucks, but mm. um the problem is is they they don't consider them late until you have to wait fifteen days, yeah, oh. and so I was waiting fifteen days, and then, you know, I'm like, okay, so that's December fifteenth, like we're starting to get close to Christmas time here. I need an answer or I gotta, right. And finally, i I started filing claims on the. US Postal Service website. And it was like, oh, we'll get back to you. Whether,
0: yeah, and then all of a sudden,
1: if, somebody gets uh, yelled at to go look for them. Right. And so, <laughs> and but they were like, yeah, we'll get back to you within like, I think it was like 14 days. Oh, I'm my like, gosh. okay, well, that's it. There's nothing I can do. I just I just have to reship these pens. Like, and luckily, I had enough of those ones that were ordered to, like, exactly the right amount to ship out. And then I had to pull all that stock off my website. So, unfortunately, it probably cost me some sales because... Those pins were no longer available. You know, they were out of stock, but um, as of today, some of the customers wrote me and they they were like, Hey, I got both my orders at the same, you know, the order and the replacement order today. And the cool thing was, is so far, a lot of them were like, Hey, can I just, you know, go on your website and order these again and you don't ship anymore and I'll just keep these. And I'm like, absolutely. You can do that. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) So at least I'm so, so far uh, if maybe one or two more people end up doing that, I will have mm-hmm. not lost any money on the deal. It'll, you know, I'll, I'll at least have enough money where I can pay, pay and email labels for the other people to ship the pens back and, or if they keep them or, what you know, at least I at least I won't go negative.
2: That's good. Uh, That's very good. Yeah. You know, and the, just the other day, I was just thinking that I hadn't heard anybody really talk about having problems with post office, UPS, FedEx or whatever, because it seemed like last year was oh, a man. disaster
0: yeah um well, i'm getting nervous because i shipped all the mouse swap coins last sunday and so this is mm. thursday it's been four days which isn't a ton of time but i thought i would have started seeing them pop yeah. up on instagram but yeah. I also it's figured there's a lot of stuff being moved around right now
2: yeah. yeah i always i always get everything like a day later than everybody else in general just because i'm out in the middle of nowhere um, so whenever everybody else starts showing up, then I'll check my mailbox and be like, oh yeah, now mine's here.
1: <laughs> yeah. It tends to be a little bit slower this time. And I noticed like they're, you know, normally they're like, you got to make sure you order it like four days before Christmas with priority this year. They were like nine days out. They're like, yeah, nine days. Like I'm like, you guys wow. are just like throwing out numbers now. Like it's no, you raise the price during Christmas and then you give shittier service. Like what's going on here? You know?
2: Yeah. I didn't have any delays with Amazon because it seemed like last year too, stuff that I'd ordered took extra time to arrive. But maybe I just ordered everything earlier this year. And then I, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'm done buying.
0: I had only one mishap so far. It was uh one of the gifts I'm making for Kristen. I needed a mat cutter i, I wanted i could have went to like hobby lobby or whatever and just got a mat cut but i was like you know what i want to learn how to do this i've always wanted <laughs> to learn it's it's one of the more expensive parts of custom framing yeah. so i ordered all the tools i bought 20 mats and i bought one of the cutters and to i have everything i need the picture the frame everything and uh, the cutter today i got a notification that it was out of stock and i, I wasn't going to be getting it and oh, so, no. um, yeah but i think i might try to 3d print something to hold an exacto and just do it myself. They I don't, don't, you don't think,
1: do they sell that at Hobby Lobby? One of those They colors. probably
0: do. Um, yeah. Possibly. But then I was, I mean, they're like 40 bucks. I'm like, for 40 bucks, maybe I could
1: just 3D print something. Yeah. I used one when I was in art, like in like uh, advanced art or whatever, in high school, like back in high school, because we had to, you had to, not only did you have to do a certain number of pieces to get graded on, you also had to mat every single one of them. Oh. And uh, Honestly, I was I'm a little the, intimidated by it. It's, it's, it, it's a little bit of math to figure it out, but you know what I ended up doing? Um, cause it's like, you got a straight edge that you would run like along the thing. I ended up popping just the blade out and I did, uh, abstract mats and I was <laughs> oh, just like, Lord. just like spree hand it. Cause I, of course, you know me, I, Like I didn't have any of my shit done. Cause I was just slacking off all year long. Oh. And he's <laughs> like, you have 32 pieces to do next week. And I'm like, I got you. Like, I, I'm going to set a record. <laughs> That's pretty smart. <laughs> You can't say shit, because I was like, my vision for this one, if you start the sentence with that, they yeah. can't do nothing. Like I was inspired true. by my ramen
0: noodles, and <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, I've had some pretty good success. I uh, got a bunch of spoons carved, and I know we'll talk about gifts and stuff later in the episode, but that was one of the things that I've just been dreading. So I had two gift projects that I was just dreading to where I would go do anything else. And one of them was finishing these effing spoons and what it was was i'm um, sanding i'm using the the house belt grinder to shape them and once the sandpaper gets gunked up it's just not very effective right mm-hmm. i don't want to change it and i'm trying to clean it and all i have is old wine corks i never bought one of those like cleaning bars and so um finally i was like you know what i need to do is just start cutting off a lot more material on the bandsaw and so i kind of committed to that like all right i'm going to just start cutting off big chunks and then only sanding a little bit. And it went by really, really smooth. And so I, I probably I probably have 40 spatulas and spoons. That Yeah, I, you
2: can, just kept adding them to that I did on the tub. Weekend. And I was like, wow.
0: So I did all the sp- knives first. They were already done. I did all the spatulas Saturday. And I did all the spoons Monday. And um, they're drying in a rack right now. So I still got to wax them. But uh, I think it's going to be an awesome gift. And that was kind of
1: the big thing I worked on over the last week. But it was a lot of Dude, fun. That is like that's my nightmare is like, I'm like, well, I'm going to go ahead and just do 10. Yeah. And then you get halfway through the sanding of 10 and you're like, why did I do 10? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Like one, I would have been fine, but right Right. on the, I'm like, fuck, I still got another one to do. I'll tell you another one that uh, bummed me out was Kristen had a gift. She wanted to make that was picture frames. And I asked me if I'd laser engrave them. Well, this will catch people. You'll go on Amazon and you'll see real wood picture frame. Or sometimes, yeah, it usually just says like real wood. But what it is, it's either bamboo or MDF wrapped in paper. So you see the frame, you think it's barn wood or something with like a lot of grain characteristics. And it's not. It's bamboo wrapped in a paper that is printed like wood grain. And so these frames come in. I'm like, Bobs, we can laser these. But I don't think it's going to do what you think it's going to do. And so we put them on the laser. and. Honestly, it kind of looked neat because it burns the paper turned white and then the bamboo oh. would turn black, but it it wasn't what she wanted. And so we had to go find frames. Well, uh, Michaels or somebody like that was having a buy one, get one sale. Oh, but nice. But they'd have three in stock. So every store we'd go to would have three real wood frames in stock, but Kristen wasn't going to pay full price. and not So we'd have to buy one, get one, and then go to another store and then buy two <laughs> of those and then go to another store. And that's a benefit of the big cities. We can go to multiple Michaels to get this frame. And finally, on the last one, I was like, look, just get all three. Like, I'm tired of driving around Houston. And so she was like, okay, well, let's get another frame. So we got the same exact frame, just in a different color. And when we ring it up, they rung up full price on both of them. I'm like, oh, it never said because it said of equal lesser value and the right. or lesser value implies to me that you can mix and match frames as long as they were yeah. the same brand or whatever was listed on the site. Right. But it's all self-checkout now, and so there was no one I could talk to to get them to... So I was like... You just take the second one off. off? Yeah, take second one off and pay full price for the first one. And Actually, no, that's not what we, what we did. Walk out the door. What we did was scanned the gray one twice and then put oh, them both in the bag. And there you like, go. We're not doing anything wrong. Their system's wrong. Their register's wrong. I agree wrong.
2: with you. I yeah. do agree with you.
0: So buy one, get one. It didn't say I had to pay for it. I bought right. one and I took one. How about take one, take one? <laughs> yeah.
2: That's, that's what's coming next. <laughs> you guys.
0: What you been up to, Christy?
2: Uh, we were back home for the weekend at the uh, my family's Christmas get together. And, uh, Dean, I have to thank you very much for printing my little six-inch um, 3D me. Oh, okay. And, yeah. yeah. So um, d- we, we do the gift exchange to where you um, – you know, you each bring a gift, put it on the table, draw a number, take turns drawing off the table, opening the gift. um, And then the next person can either steal from you because they've seen what you have or take a new gift off of the table and open it. And uh, I had a charcuterie board, but then I also had the, in a smaller box, actually the box that you sent me Dean um, for the other thing which I guess technically we can talk yeah, about. Yeah, it'll
0: be the twenty sixth when this it'll comes be after out. Christmas.
2: But yeah. but anyway, so I wrapped it in there, and my niece got it, and she's like real deadpan. She's she does she's not an emotional person, but her husband was standing behind her, and he almost lost it. He cackled and laughed and laughed, and everybody got a big chuckle out of it. And then of course it got stolen a maximum of two times, which is really then it's oh yeah, how flattering. It was, it was, it was, and it got, it got stolen like within the first, like half a dozen people. Um, and so my cut, my, my sister stole it from her, but then a couple rounds later, my niece was able to steal it back. So she actually got it back. Um, so I think, uh, that might be my gift again next year, but that was the big joke as far as I'm like, okay, now I need to see some snaps cause we're big on Snapchat. I need to see some snaps on what I'm doing at your house every day, you know, cause she's got two little ones. The oldest is 14 months and the youngest is newborn. So she's got her hands full. And so I have a feeling that her oldest will be uh, carrying me around as a toy in, uh, at her house. Well, now
0: the next versions will do, like, I've got some marble filament or we'll buy some like the, like color changing. We'll make some neat ones.
2: Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I'll be curious. Uh, you know, in my mind, I'm like, God, I need to lose some weight. And then I'm like, okay. So if I keep this one from this year as to, w- w- you know, what oh, okay, I really yeah. looked like, I'm like, is that enough motivation for me to actually work hard at losing weight? So then next year, I go to Maker Camp and they scan me again. I don't know if it's going to be enough motivation. But, uh, but yeah, we got a tickle. We got a chuckle out of um, the 3D printed. Now, I ended up with a Santa Claus sign. Um, a metal Santa Claus sign that my sister-in-law got from, I think she picked it up from Hobby Lobby and it just looks adorable out on my, uh, by my mailbox. But the other funny thing is my dad, um, my mom takes care of all the Christmas stuff and she does a fantastic job and she puts a ton of effort into it, all the grandkids and everything. And, uh, but my dad quite a few years ago, he started uh, handing out lottery tickets. So he had, Old school, they used to give like you could give Christmas envelopes. The lottery had Christmas envelopes that you put the lottery tickets in. So every year he buys lottery tickets from a few of the different local places and then he packs the envelopes and then he just hands them out to all of the adults in the group. And then usually the ones that are the younger kids that are like, you know, teenagers or a little younger, they might just get one lottery ticket. But anyway, so everybody's like, Diligently, and we had like 30 people there, so it was a pretty right. good size crowd. We're diligently scratching, and then all of a sudden, I hear Katie on the other side of the room. Oh, I won! I think I won! Oh, wait a minute! Oh, grandpa, I won a thousand dollars! No, no, but <laughs> you said $20. No, she you texted us $20
0: because a- I just looked at I was like, oh, and I put my phone back down.
2: No, 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 look at that picture again. So, the way it was, it was a hundred dollars, but it was one of the little symbols, and the symbol said 10 times. That winning. Oh, wow. So she won a thousand dollars. So then she had to make an appointment with the Missouri Lottery, which is there's one of the offices in Jeff City. So she had to go there the next day, fill out the paperwork because she'll have to pay taxes on it. And they withheld state withholding taxes on it, and then gave her a check for $960 or something. I can't remember what it was.
0: That's so funny.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So uh so, yeah, that was by far the biggest Oh, that's what it was. It was
0: winning. $100. And I was like, well, that's nice. I yeah. really thought it said 20 but I see it win 10 times Yeah, 100 Yeah, 000. I didn't catch either.
2: Yeah, well, that's why I could hear if her the If a Christmas tree is room.
0: revealed, win 10 times the prize shown.
2: Yeah, because she said she was looking at it, looking at it, looking at it. And then she handed it to Anna, looking at it, looking at it, looking at it. And then handed it to, I don't remember who else was sitting next to her. They were looking at it, looking at it. Because like I said, we've never, never won Um yeah anything like that. So and that was kind of Christmas. our yeah. excitement, yeah. I'm uh they're going her Anna and Katie are going to Disney World uh for Anna's birthday in February, Anna's leap day. So it will actually be her 7th birthday. And so Anna and Katie are uh going to Disney World together. So I have a feeling um that will be paying for some of her ticket down there and everything. But yeah. That will pay awesome. for
1: half of a day.
2: Well, it At it Disney pays. For, well, she's her, that her hotel that she works for has a property on um Disney, so they're getting like hotel is extremely cheap. She travels so much, her airfare is free, her car rental is free. Oh, wow. Um and Anna's is too. So really the, the the only thing they're having to pay for really is their tickets to Disney World. So that's pretty good, you know, and they don't have kids that are going with them, so they can spend all their money on themselves. Right. So, so yeah, yeah right. we'd like to take a minute and thank the folks over on Patreon for helping us out financially for the podcast. On our top tier, we've got Marion Ward from Creative Ward Gallery, Scott Warren from Daddy Yourself, Ozark Spirit, and Chris Shelby.
0: Tonight, I am joined with Morley and Eden. How's it going, guys? Good.
3: Good. Thanks for having us.
0: Thank y'all for coming on. Why don't you tell our listeners just who you are and
4: what it is that you're about? So my name is Morley Kurt. Um, I'm a maker and YouTuber. Uh, recently moved into a van, uh, which is a relatively new thing. Before that, I was doing a lot of woodworking and 3D printing, which I hope to continue doing. Recently in the van, it's been a lot more 3D printing, but we'll uh, do more woodworking down the line and we can talk more about that later. All right. And Eden?
0: Eden?
3: Yeah, I'm Eden. I didn't really identify as a maker before starting the van journey, but have found myself really loving projects like sewing and uh, have discovered how to run a water system and a propane system. So I guess that makes me a maker. (laughs) That's right. Beauty of the word. It's very, very big. And uh, before we started this journey, I was working as a social worker, but not right now.
4: No. We're also married.
3: <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. that too.
0: Yeah, and recently married. Yes. And so that's what's so fascinating to me is recently married, let's get in a van, close quarters, and hit the road. How did this conversation to let's try this van life go?
3: So I told Morley that I wanted to do van life in February of 2023, so about eight months ago, and I've always loved traveling. Um planned to do a lot of traveling uh, in 2019, 2020, but that didn't happen. And so I've been kind of itching to do it, and I looked at our life and said, you know, we don't have a mortgage, we don't have kids, but we have a very large dog and a very small cat, and if we want to travel, we want to bring them with us, and so I think van life's the way to do it. And I said this all to Morley, and he said?
4: Uh, I said no at first, which is ah! funny. (laughs) Uh, Dave Bauer kind of pointed this out to me. He said, uh, it's funny that Eden with her nine to five normal job had to convince you, a YouTuber, to do van life. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that is funny in hindsight. But at the time, um, all my videos were coming out of a large stationary workshop. And I felt nervous to kind of leave that behind and leave a lot of those tools behind and the abilities to make the sorts of videos that I was making, like turning you know a free pallet into a thousand dollar table. Those videos were doing really well for me and I was really enjoying them, so it scared me to do. Um, but then we were, we were in Costa Rica at the time, so we had a beautiful beach where I could uh, reflect and think about, because I didn't tell you to know, I was like, that's a lot, I need to think about that. And I started thinking about all of these like really interesting videos I could make, which excited me because I definitely like identify as a video creator in some ways and sometimes like more strongly than a maker. Like not every video I feel like I make has to be about making something. Although I try really hard to remember how important that making is to me because I do think that's a very strong part of my identity. But you know, there's so many interesting things that could happen on the road, traveling around North America, seeing all these new places. Um, and I just started getting ideas and I told Eden, yeah, I think, I think I'm down. So we pretty much while we were in Costa Rica started planning it out. And then when we got back, we kind of let it marinate for a week and then decided we really wanted to do it. So that was much of our 2023 was planning and building.
3: And and I would say the fact that we're recently married is kind of just a coincidence. (laughs) Um, we've, we've been together for a while and you know, had been planning the wedding, so we knew it was coming up, but I don't think our, like, getting married, doing van life are necessarily connected in any way.
0: What makes it harder for one of you to kick the other out the van?
3: <laughs> that it certainly does, yes.
0: <laughs> All right, so this, I think the big hurdle that I know me, I my first thought was... How do you even do this? Like, how do you research? How do you learn about? How do you figure out to go from a Dodge Caravan to a three-quarter ton van? Like, how did you research? What
4: were the resources you leaned on to learn how to van life? It's tricky because it's definitely uh, not a mainstream thing to do. It's not like you're going to renovate your kitchen and you can find not just professionals who have done it, but like hundreds of blog posts of people who have done it in a DIY way and have learned from professionals. With van building, most of the people who have done it are DIYers themselves. And it seems like the professional industry of van builders has sprouted from people who have DIY'd it. So it's like they start by DIYing and then they, you know, do you think that's fair to say, Eden? Absolutely. Then yeah. they kind of dovetail and build it up into doing it for other people. Did you feel like
0: there was a barrier to entry? Like once they learned tricks and, and uh, ways to do things, specialty, they wouldn't share that information anymore? Or has it been pretty open journey?
4: Well, you found some people who seem to have become professional van builders and then limited the information they shared, right? But many people are very open.
3: Yeah, so I'd say there's a very large group which are sharing their knowledge on YouTube or in blog posts um, and might have a certain barrier to entry. Um, Like there's one, I guess, I think there are a couple um, far out ride and we used a ton of their resources and then they would have a couple of pay option so pay $10 to get our full propane diagram or a full electrical diagram but 95% of their information they're offering for free which is awesome yeah um, there is then another group which are calling themselves professional van builders uh, they, they are professional van builders I don't know how we're defining that at this point where you can go to them and they'll build out a van for you for $40,000 or right. $100,000 um, but I would say Most people share quite openly, but not necessarily are great communicators. So we figured out really quickly that watching. I'll speak for myself. Watching a YouTube video on how to do a water system was not going to work for me. Like I needed a diagram. I needed to read an article. Um, I didn't want to watch somebody who'd done it one time. Like that just wasn't a reputable source to me. Um, And I didn't want to be messing around with water (laughs) in our in our house. (laughs) So that's definitely what I found. And those,
4: I think, when you think about intimidating things, the van build. Those systems are one of the first thing that comes to mind. Like the water system, the propane system, the electrical system, and especially for like makers who mostly do woodworking, you know, you're dealing with dead plant matter. It's not like you're doing electrical engineering much of the time. So I think for many of us, those things are intimidating, but um, we kind of just started at the beginning. I think the first thing we decided was we want to stand up in our van. So we need a high top van. And in North America, there's three options. You can get a Ford transit, uh, a Ford transit, a Mercedes sprinter or a Dodge ProMaster narrowed it down to the ProMaster for Various reasons. Uh, One of which is they're wide enough that you can sleep horizontally. Both of us being under like five ten. I think five ten is the cutoff where you could comfortably sleep horizontally in a ProMaster.
0: So it's like y'all in, in jet fighters, you know?
4: Yeah. Yes. Wait, what? <laughs> because you can only be so tall. To, to oh yeah, exactly. Well, that's actually a really good point. Like. I have a cousin. She and her husband also converted a uh, Dodge ProMaster, and he's like six four. So and I'm I just gonna say to like, like, how like, how did you do this? You must have been so uncomfortable. Well, and then like if
0: you get in a fight with somebody at the van life parking lot, you at least know no giants are gonna come out of here. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
4: it's a five ten and below kind of brawl. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> yeah, and like once we. The, the, I mean, so much time was spent just finding a van to buy. I'm sure. They're they're in huge demand uh, for various reasons. Like, I think just delivery. An, yeah, Amazon, Amazon delivery. Like. Um, businesses seem to really want them. Like, I think people just realize how handy of vehicles they are. Um, so we had a heck of a time finding one. And uh, once we did, it's like there's still a bunch of steps before you get to those systems. And luckily, many of those early steps are the woodworking. So the subfloor. And then putting in the floor. So it's very rough carpentry, you know, just cutting insulation, putting in slats.
0: So when you bought the van, how finished was the inside? I mean, you were moving plastic panels and seats or?
4: Oh, no, we were very lucky and that was completely bare. Oh, that's Um, awesome. We looked at a few that had that partition between the cab and the back area. But luckily, the one we got, the only modification we had to make other than cutting holes in it was... Taking out the bench seat and replacing it with a bucket seat. Uh, the one we got has like three seats up front, which makes it really difficult to get to the front of the van to the back. We found someone in upstate New York who could trade the seat with us. Oh, that's cool. Um, and voided our warranty officially <laughs> because apparently the number of seats in the van is directly linked to the VIN number. Actually, I don't know if we voided the warranty, but they'd be a little confused if we brought it into a garage. And uh, yeah. But a nice bare slate to start with was really nice. And it had almost no rust. Like we got this thing in very good condition.
0: So you think the seat voided the warranty, not the oven and refrigerator (laughs) and water system and holes you cut
4: in the roof? And I don't know. And like in talking to insurance brokers when we were trying to insure it, it sounds like the what is a modified vehicle is so hazy. It's all about like, what is the insurance company? What are they actually worried about? And what it sounds like many of them are actually worried about is kids souping up their engine, trying to put nitrous oxide inside. That's what they're worried about when they hear a modified vehicle. If you look at any like contractor van, they put shelving in the back. I mean, we saw a mobile pet grooming station a few days ago that had like in, in basically a camper van, but instead of using the electricity to run a refrigerator they were using it to run a water pump and a water system so like I mean all of these contractors are quote modifying their vans anyway yeah and they're insuring them <laughs> yeah so
0: let's talk about that you know is there better homes in garden magazine or you know, where did you get your pinterest board for what you were going to do on the inside of this blank slate
3: yeah so we got I would say a lot of inspiration from uh instagram um we also the one like learning tool we bought was something called Van Life Academy, which was I think a hundred bucks Canadian. So like seven bucks American. (laughs) And uh, which basically took us through the entire build. Oh, that's awesome. So, and the thing that I really liked about Van Life Academy, and I would say some of the other tutorials online is they really have this message of anyone can do this, which I loved coming from a background of no woodworking, no making. Um, I knew that I was going to be leaning on Morley for a lot of the builds, but we also went into the build saying we both wanted to completely understand everything. Um, which we, I don't think we succeeded in, but it was a very good philosophy to have. We did
4: it at the beginning and then we got to the time crunch and we're like, okay, we got to be efficient. You're doing propane. I'm doing electric.
0: Yeah. I noticed that y'all post all this on the Instagram account and it's Morley and Eden and we'll plug it again at the end. But it was interesting seeing when y'all were close to having to get out the house, like all right, I don't care that you're sick, you're gonna do this, and I'm out here doing that.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's nothing like a deadline. Um, really, yeah. But uh, lo- yeah, a lot of inspiration from other van lifers, especially people who'd been on the road for a couple of years, because at the end of the day, you're building a tiny home, and you want it to be functional. Sure. I want it to look nice, I wanna enjoy the space that I'm in, but if my sink is too small, or my fridge is too big, I don't want to have to learn that mistake on my own I want to learn that from other people so that's where I got a lot of inspiration especially at the beginning and also I attack problems through research (laughs) so I think that's a good way we balance each other out is I do a lot of research then Morley's like okay we got to be out of our apartment in six months it's time to start building
4: (laughs) (laughs) yeah which is a good balance for sure because uh yeah, my instinct is to dive into something and start doing, but you, there was a lot we didn't know. There was a lot of research that needed to be done.
3: And that was also good. I, I know I just said, like, I was leaning more on you for a lot of the build, but reminding myself to like, you've never done electrical before or water or propane or laid a subfloor or done anything with insulation. Like, I love the term maker, but it doesn't mean you know how to do everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it means you know how to do a lot of things and then have the curiosity and the confidence to figure a lot of other yeah, things out. Yeah, that's what it
0: means is yeah, that you're uh, dumb enough to not know that you don't know what you're doing. Yeah,
3: Perfect to do a van build. <laughs> Honestly,
4: I think some of the most useful experiences in this build were some of the jobs I've worked. So like the hands on jobs that I've worked, which um, I would definitely recommend people to do if they want to like enhance their maker skills. If you can work on a team with other people building stuff or fixing stuff. So I worked as a a maintenance worker at an off-grid lodge. I worked at a scenery shop mm-hmm. um, and I worked as a surveyor Those were and, and at a, a STEM camp where we were kind of building various things and setting up a studio. And in all of those positions, there was many situations where we had to problem solve as a team and be like, okay, like, why isn't this working? We need to install this. We need to modify it. And I just found all those experiences extremely helpful, especially since Eden and I were essentially working in a team. Um, It's, it's just a series of problems that you have to solve. Like everything you buy comes with a manual and that manual will be useful to a certain extent and you'll, you can look up stuff about it online, but something will kind of go a little wrong and you have to know when to maybe not screw that screw so hard, which I failed to do a couple of times.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's something that you always learn the little things, what not to do. And like you were saying, looking at people, YouTube videos for someone who's done something one time, I'm kind of curious each of you what was maybe your one favorite project to this point cuz the van build's not done you know it's it's in progress what's been kind of your one favorite project that you've worked on
4: it was the electrical for me that was a little unexpected as well um i think for one reason was it was very intimidating to start. So I got all these components, right? I got like the alternator charger, the solar charge controller, the inverter, these two massive batteries, the distributor, the AC distribution panel, all of our wiring, our fuses. And um, I need to figure out how to put it all together. And, um, you know, I've studied engineering, but civil engineering, which is, you know, you do learn a bit of electrical just as like your basic education. And I did a bit in high school, but a lot of it was pretty new for me. And, um, I just took it one step at a time and really just tried to take my time. Like That was one of the big lessons of this build was we can have a deadline if we want, but at a certain point, things are just going to take as long as they're going to take. And I think I really accepted that with the electrical and in, feel like I just made a lot of good decisions. And it felt like I I'm building a spaceship. You're building all these systems that work together and then you have power and you can plug in your things and you can heat your water. And it was just like extremely... Fulfilling. Yeah, very gratifying experience. Yeah.
0: I always used to say I worked at a restaurant in college and I loved all the jobs except washing dishes. And it wasn't like its position on the pecking order. It was that no matter how many dishes you wash, there were always more dishes. (laughs) It's the worst chore. But when you have a job where there's a finish line and then you see a success, it's super rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. Eden, what was maybe a job that you really liked?
3: So for me, it was definitely making the cushion covers because it was the first job or mini project that I did completely by myself from start to finish and going into this we were doing all of the projects together and then as you mentioned we got to a point where we just we had this deadline and Morley kind of said to me I think you've used a sewing machine twice I've used a sewing (laughs) machine once so you're up and the first Uh, I think I made six cushion covers in total. The first one took me six hours, and the second one took me 40 minutes. Yeah. And so just whenever you're doing something for the first time, that learning curve is so steep, but it was also, I think, a simple enough project that I was able to adjust and get better and make changes as I went through it, which was really exciting. And then that gave me the confidence to make our window covers. And I'm already like looking at other things in the van that I can use those skills for. So that was just such a huge confidence boost. Um, yeah, that was definitely my favorite project. That's awesome.
0: And I always tell people, don't judge yourself on your first try. You know, It takes a few, but you didn't own a sewing machine. Where did you source that sewing machine?
3: So the local library had a maker space or has a makerspace. Sure. It's still there, even though I'm not. <laughs> and uh, they were fantastic. They just let me book the sewing machine for five, six hours at a time. And I just, yeah.
0: Were there a bunch of old, old biddies standing around you telling you how to do different seams and hems? Um,
3: Yes, <laughs> there was a a couple of library patrons who would you know come and look over and tell me about their sewing experience. Meanwhile, I'm like sweating, just trying to make it go through straight. But it felt like a good community. Wouldn't have changed it for the world. <laughs> no, that's
4: awesome. a quick uh, addition onto that, like with using the sewing machine at the makerspace. I think one thing which has been really cool about this, both the van building and living in the van experiences, is it's allowed us to use a lot of resources that are available to everyone, but that you normally don't take advantage of because you have those things in your house. So for example, today we showered at a Planet Fitness. Yeah. You know, all of these gyms have showers that 99% of the time are not being used. And I think one of the really cool things about van life is you don't need every single little thing in your living space. You realize that there are all of these things everywhere that no one uses, parking spaces that no one parks in, in like beautiful parks where you can sleep for the night and wake up and watch the sunrise over the mountains. And, uh, it's just, yeah, it makes, it makes you realize that you don't really need quite as much as you thought you did. I, after Eden did the sewing, I was like, maybe we should get a sewing machine in the van. <laughs> you got that instinct of like, I want to accumulate all the tools, but you're like, actually we could probably just go to another makerspace and use their sewing machine.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's awesome. And I love the planet fitness hack. Uh, that's a good one. Have you come across any other travel hacks, whether it's like, uh, this is a reliable grocery store chain, or this is a kind of, you know, food item that holds well. Um, Lidl,
4: great discount grocery store. Do you guys have that down here? No,
0: never heard of it. Okay.
4: That. I think it started in Europe and uh, it started appearing in the East Coast like 10 or so years ago. Yeah. They have like great discount groceries. One kind of Is fun. Is it kind of like Aldi? Do yeah. Have? Okay. Yeah. It's, but we found it had a better selection. It mm-hmm. might even be the same company. One kind of funny hack that we found on uh, St. George Island. No, St. Augustine. No, Saint George Island. <laughs> uh, all these Gulf, you know, islands blend together. It was somewhere in Florida. Yeah. Um, we were trying to find a place to park for the night, and there was this twenty-four hour project going on at the beach. So all of the construction workers park their cars in this one area where you're technically not supposed to overnight camp. But since all the construction workers are putting their cars there anyway, no one's really checking up on it. So it sounds like a really weird specific thing, but it, I think it's actually a pretty good idea. If you can find a 24-hour construction project and see where all the trade tradespeople are parking their cars, you can just sneak in among them and stay the night.
0: Yeah, the van just blends in. Exactly. And this van is massive. Like I was giving him grief because here's a van with Canada plates dwarfing my American G park next to it it, it's a substantial van it's really cool go look at it on their instagram all right let's talk about the route how did y'all decide i think the routes changed right yes okay so what was the original plan and why was it modified
3: so the original plan was to do detroit and cleveland because i have family there and then basically just book it to Joshua tree. Um, and that was because the van is not finished. We ran out of time on our lease, like our apartment lease, but also we were in Ontario and it was getting cold and just paint was taking a really long time to dry. So we realized we made the decision probably about six weeks out that we weren't going to finish any of the upper cabinets or lower cabinets, any of the cabinets (laughs) or any of the walls. And we were going to do that all on the road, um, and Joshua Tree ended up being the right spot to do that. And then we realized that we didn't really want to drive through the Midwest um, pretty pretty quickly. That there wasn't a lot there that was really exciting us. I'm open. I'm open to being to having my mind changed, but nothing was really drawing us there. So we decided to go down the East Coast instead. Morley Sisters in Virginia, and. Um, Yeah, we just were really curious about the East Coast, but mostly it's winter and we don't have a heater in our van and we wanted to go south.
0: I think people don't realize how cold vehicles get on the inside.
4: Yeah, we have insulation, so that helps a fair amount. But when it was uh, 32 degrees, probably even got down to 30 degrees in uh, Pennsylvania, we were feeling that in the van. One thing we figured out was... so the back doors are just empty sheet metal oh, girl. and we'd love to insulate them one day, but they're currently not insulated. And we realized that just by hanging a wool blanket in front of the doors, that actually kept a lot of heat in the van. So that was like one hack that we figured out. But like we have you don't want to keep that thing closed up in the night because it gets really steamy inside. Oh. So we have a ventilation fan on the roof and we've learned that it's best to just keep it running all night or else you get a ton of condensation buildup. Oh, so yeah. even if, uh, Even if you do have good insulation, you're probably still getting some airflow into the van. So we're going to install a heater at some point. But for now, we're just happy to be uh, in this beautiful Houston weather. (laughs) I know when we were leaving
0: dinner, Kristen said they probably think we're so weird because it's 55 degrees outside and everyone's in like winter coats. (laughs) I was like, well, yeah, it's cold uh, for us. no. And and that's interesting. It, it's neat how the weather has kind of steered that trip. And so where have you gone so far? You said you came down through Virginia and then where else did you go?
4: Yeah, actually, even before Virginia, we went through uh, Pennsylvania and West Virginia and Maryland. So like kind of all along that border, we were dipping in and out of each of those states. And that area was beautiful, Gorgeous. like beautiful mountains. Um, just really beautiful farms and barns as well just like a really pleasant area to drive through and we we had some like lovely morning walks with our dog through like wheat fields um and then we went to dc eden had never been there before so we wanted to go to a museum uh down through virginia and then north carolina which was awesome i'd never really gone southeast of virginia before and uh I had a friend in Durham, North Carolina. Durham, awesome city if you've yeah. never been there before. It was totally unexpected, how like cool, compact, happening little city it is. All that tobacco road area is hopping. Yeah. Uh, we went to Asheville, North Carolina, which was beautiful. Very cold, though. I think that kind of colored the experience. And uh, one thing we always joke about is, like, it's amazing how much your opinion of a town changes based on the weather. Then you're there. You're like, oh, this random town is so nice. Does it have anything to do with the fact that it is sunny and 70 degrees right now? So, like, everyone had. I thought the same thing. Like, I was like,
0: y'all are coming to Houston the one time. It's not 100 degrees. <laughs> yeah.
4: So Asheville was very cool, but it also wasn't the best weather while we were there. And like the Blue Ridge Parkway, you know, absolutely lovely. Uh, Went down into South Carolina, Greenville, South Carolina, another like cool, unexpected uh, little city. Very, very walkable Main Street. Probably the most walkable Main Street I've ever experienced. Uh, Down into Atlanta, Georgia, and then to Savannah, Mm
2: -hmm.
4: down to St. Augustine, Florida, which was a recommendation of Lindsay Creative. I don't know if she listens to the show. Yeah which was really cool. Honestly, a little more um, Disneyland-esque than I had expected, but it's a very cool historical American city. We had fun walking around. We went to the fort there, which was very interesting, but yeah, they got their tourism industry on lockdown. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, And then we drove across the Florida Panhandle, got onto the Gulf Coast. Uh, We went uh, down to St. George Island, which is a beautiful barrier island, probably the most beautiful beach we went to. Yeah and off to New Orleans, mm-hmm. which uh, speaking for both of us, I think was our favorite place we've been so far. Yep.
0: Yeah, New Orleans is a special place. Do you guys like to read? Yes. Yeah. There's a book, uh, Confederacy of Dunces, uh, written by a guy from New Orleans, and uh, anyway, it's a recommendation if you're looking for something okay. to read on this trip.
4: Yeah, and one thing we've really enjoyed doing, Eden's done it a lot more than me and she's brought me around, are these walking tours. So we did one in Savannah. It was a, what's the company? Like Free Walking Tours.
3: Each city has a different one, but free tours by foot or you just Google free walking tours in the city name.
4: Yeah. A lot of them are like pay what you can. So it might be like a $3 reservation fee. And at the end, you just pay the tour guide, whatever you think it was worth. And um, probably my new favorite way to experience a new city. Like we've learned it in most of the people who lead them are historians or like history majors. So I've just learned an incredible amount about these cities so far, just Savannah and New Orleans. But um, yeah, absolutely fascinating.
3: Another really big thing that I think is dictating our route is we try not to drive more than four hours in a day.
4: Oh, wow.
3: And that's because we found that if you do that, your entire day's driving. Right. Versus if you do close to that three-hour mark, your morning or afternoon's driving, but then you actually have time to explore where you are, whether that's a beautiful campground or a new city. We also, I think, we're moving really fast to get south. And now that we are somewhere where there's not frost on our windows in the morning and we can't see our breath. Yeah. We're more inclined to stay somewhere for a couple of days.
0: Yeah. Well, if you're only driving three hours a day, you'll be in Texas for three months.
4: (laughs) Well, that's the thing. We thought we were going to get to Joshua Tree in like a week and a half. And uh, we're into we're halfway through week four now. Yeah. (laughs) And we're in Texas. (laughs) A month on the road, though. That's uh, that's legit. Yeah. It's kind of flown by. Agreed. Yeah. I don't really have a good sense of time right now. I think this is the least linked I've ever been to the days of the week because before like I was like, I'm a YouTuber. I don't really know about days of the week other than the fact that Eden was working a normal job. So I knew the days of the week because what she was doing. But now that we're both just living these unconventional lives, I'm like, it's Wednesday today, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's neat. Another normal thing I'm curious about is eating and drinking and how that's changed for you, that you don't have a giant fridge full of whatever you want. And then uh, I'd love to hear about the bathroom situation in a van.
4: Yeah, so uh, we've done probably 95% of our cooking. We have a two burner propane stove, which uh, is a huge Mm. win in the van. We were briefly considering an induction stovetop, which consume an incredible amount of electricity. Electricity, Uh, Anytime you're using electricity to create heat, it makes, just uses a lot of electricity. But uh, propane is very—it's uh, a very efficient way to make heat, and uh, we haven't filled our—we haven't replaced our tank yet, and uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to need to be replaced anytime soon. After about a month of being used every day wow. for at least twice a day, yeah. Um, so yeah, we have a little two-burner stove. So everything is made on that stovetop, which has been great so far. We we like there were some maybe standard dishes we used to make. That- I was gonna
0: say you used to make all kind of crazy. Stuff at your house,
4: yeah, um so like we would do probably a fair amount of roasted vegetables in the oven, which we're not really doing anymore, but you know you can make home fries on the stove yeah um we've been do- what have, what have been some of like the top dishes we've been cooking.
3: I mean, we've been eating a lot of sandwiches. Which... Yeah, lunch
4: sandwiches are like a pretty consistent one for lunch. Um, I have two eggs and toast basically every morning for breakfast, which Eden tries to break me of that habit to varying levels of success. Uh, As
3: habits go, I'm not that worried. Yeah, yeah. We make
4: like pasta, and uh, we've made like hamburgers, um, stir fry, stir fry, stew, soups. We made us great corn chowder.
3: We we have a friend who runs a like very successful cooking instagram youtube you know the whole nine yards and she, jen
4: eats good jen
3: eats good yeah we'll plug jen her stuff's awesome and she released a meal plan where every dish pretty much involved an oven and we just took it and changed it so it was only the stovetop. i think once you've been cooking for long enough you can kind of just yeah. change things up
4: we have definitely had to grocery shop more often. So we have a we have an electric fridge in the van. It's a chest fridge, uh, which are more efficient than a standing fridge because all the cold stays down inside when you open it. And you can also pack it tighter. Um, but it's smaller than your normal fridge you would find in our house. So I think at the beginning, we were grocery shopping like every other day. I think we've gotten it to like once every three or four days at this point. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, not really difficult it's just there's a lot of just kind of daily chores in the van but what i think happens is they're like you don't clean hard once a week you clean a medium to small amount every day
0: i wanted to ask about chores because that's when you have a house and you're married you know kristen and i have she does this i do that and that's kind of how you conquer divide and conquer what are the chore situation like in a van
4: so we make our bed and take it apart every day so our bed is also our dinette area. It, uh, our kitchen table drops down, cushions get squished together, and then we make our bed. So that has to happen every night before we go to bed. But it takes like three minutes, very quick. And in the morning, we take it apart. And because it's such a small space, we normally just do it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's making breakfast. Uh, we try to actually only do dishes like once or twice a day because we also find it helps us save water. So we'll kind of pile the dishes in the oh, sink until uh and also like you know you need to set them out to dry sure so it's if you want to like get on the road asap you don't want to have to like set out like i i like to have them drip dry for as long as possible so you're not getting rags not necessarily wet now we're really getting into the minutiae no no (laughs) that's the kind of things i'm curious about
0: and then like who's you ate off all those plates those are your cups you need to do the dishes or is it just kind of whoever's around it's like
3: no, because I would also say when we were living in a house or living in an apartment, we were pretty good at dividing and conquering chores as well. So that has translated quite nicely into the van. Um, I think some of the van chores that are different than what we'd find in an apartment is like filling the water, emptying the gray water tank. And we're pretty much just, we. I would say it's an every other. So I did the gray water tank this time, you did it last time, which yep. is also how we would really tackle chores at home. Like, I'm going to cook tonight, you're going to cook tomorrow night. I hate cleaning the bathroom, so he would always clean the bathroom, which I appreciated. (laughs) I love sweeping, so I'd sweep. And all of that stuff has definitely translated. I think the one chore that we don't have to do that I'm very grateful for is we don't have to empty a toilet. Yes. So we do not have a toilet in our van. Um, We were going to, and then we we went back and forth quite a bit, but at the end of the day, we decided that... We were going to be at campsites. We were going to be at gas stations. We were going to be staying friends and family's houses. Near the woods. Near the woods. There's
4: actually very few situations when we would not have access to bathrooms. So actually, I found that the most difficult access to bathrooms so far has been New Orleans because it's all these businesses where you need to buy something or be a patron of their bar to use the bathroom. And if you're drinking coffee and beer, then you have to go to the bathroom a fair amount. <laughs> um, so that that sort of situation is the most difficult. But if we're parked in a rural area, you know, you use the great outdoors. And we have a shovel so we can do it uh, responsibly. But it's been fine for both of us. I mean, I, neither of us are divas when it comes to the bathroom. As long as a porta potty is sur- serviceable, I'm fine with it. Um, and most, like, gas stations are pretty good. But yeah. one of the... I mean, we have hot water in the van, so you never really feel like you're that dirty. Sure. You can wash your hands, wash your face. Um, It is definitely not camping.
0: Well, we know you don't wash your hair
4: anymore. (laughs) 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 No, I do. I've come around.
3: (laughs) He now has a very comprehensive hair washing routine. Yeah, I love it. It looks glorious. It
0: takes about
3: 20
4: minutes.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I've never thought that you were big into cars and being technical in that. What's it like knowing that your house needs maintenance?
4: Well, um, blissfully ignorant so far, as it's relatively new. We did get our oil changed a few days ago. I would love to learn more about maintaining cars, and I'm sure I will once we get some more miles on this thing. But so far, um, yeah, it's just been like an oil change and filling up gas. It is like, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it evolves down the line. One thing I have thought of is if this van ever does conk out, but we put all this work into it. Um, all RAM Pro Masters are the same size, so we could technically take everything out and put it into another shell of a van. What about
0: changing tires? I mean, do you know you have a jack? You know you have a tire yeah. iron? You know where the spare yeah. is?
4: In fact, Eden is uh, Eden's done it. When do you want to tell that story? Sure, I'd love it.
3: Yeah, so when we were doing our water system when i was doing our water system <laughs> when we were doing our water system we were using uh, crimps so uh, i was using a crimping tool
4: on pex pipe on
3: pex pipe and if you've ever used one of those before you'll know it can be challenging in tight spaces and so i was installing a drainage pipe and to get the crimp in place i had to remove the spare tire so in that way found the jack kit and took the spare tire oh, that's off cool. which i'm a little embarrassed to say like i've never changed a spare tire nor used a jack um,
0: well, that's city girl
3: life. That's city girl life. And that's also getting my license in my early 20s, which is extra city girl life. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, but you know, I think that's also building in small spaces as we had to constantly be taking stuff out and then putting it in. I think I maybe asked Morley to like remove the back bench three or four times just to get the different to get the crimping tool in those spaces. yeah. So I'm very familiar with the bottom of our van and then did that I think three more times to add other drainage holes for other things.
0: That's awesome. The other thing I was wondering about, what about, do you have a first aid kit? Yeah.
3: Yeah, first aid kit, naloxone, fire extinguisher, yeah. carbon monoxide. I noticed some
0: carbon monoxide sensors and all that stuff. Yeah. It's truly kitted out. It's a beautiful van. I think you guys are gonna have a lot of fun. So Joshua Tree, and then where from? Where you go from there?
4: We want to spend like a fair amount of time in the Southwest. I mean, I think sure. that's where a lot of the destinations, especially with the national, the natural parks, yeah, national parks. Yeah, there's so many parks out
0: that way in Utah and California.
4: Yeah. So honestly, we haven't really thought much beyond that point. Like eventually, we're gonna make it into the Pacific Northwest and then back through Canada. But I think for now, we're just like excited to to see some of this southwestern country.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, I'm excited to follow along. Um, Before we wrap up, I do have to ask you the required three tools question. Okay. So if you're going to start a van build, what are the three most key tools to starting off in a van build? Jigsaw, because you're going
4: to have to cut some holes in your van. Why don't
0: you each do three and we'll see if they're the same. Okay. So go ahead,
4: jigsaw. Jigsaw, you're definitely going to have to cut some holes in your van. Uh, This is so hard. I mean, you have to say a drill because you need to start a hole to make the jigsaw a hole. Yeah. Oh, this is terrible. <laughs> um, I don't know. Eden, what What are some of yours? I'll think a little more.
3: So I was going to say the table saw. Because oh, true. A lot of woodwork. W- one of the biggest ways to cut down on costs is to do all the woodworking yourself, sure. which means you're buying plywood, which means you're cutting giant pieces of plywood. So definitely it's would say table saw. Um, I don't know what it's called. You put it on a drill and it's a metal thing. And it hole goes whole z- soft. Yes. Thank you. We did
4: use that a lot. And that was one of the tools that we brought along with us because we ended up using it not just for the things that uh, we anticipated having to use it for, like, um, uh, what was it? I don't even remember. Oh, for like drilling drainage holes in the bottom of the yeah. van. But when I was uh, installing a grounding point for the electrical system in the van, I was having such a hard time, like getting access to the other side of this bolt, and I was like, "Wait a second! I can just drill a big old hole through the column of the van, so I can access it from the other side." So yeah. having the ability to just make a giant hole when you're also running uh, PEX piping, it's it's very useful. I know the other one. I would say, uh, the old zerp zerp or the multi tool. Okay. I got that like with a month to go on the van build, and just started using it everywhere because in many ways you can use it in place of a jigsaw.
0: So it's like an oscillating cutting saw? Yeah. Okay.
4: And uh, it cuts a lot slower than the jigsaw but you can make more kinds of cuts. Sure. And it's cordless so it was was one of the tools that we brought with us.
3: I got my third one. Okay. I'd say ice pick because not for the beginning of your build but definitely once you get started is you'll start dropping things behind things (laughs) and you need that long pointy tool to you know kind of Pull it out, push it out for sure.
4: Yeah, and uh, suddenly we're sponsored by Jimmy Dore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unclogging our drain. I it's funny, like I get comments on my videos sometimes being like, "Why do you have an ice pick?" And it's amazing how often Eden asks me to use the ice pick for various things. Yeah, like truly such a handy tool.
0: I'll say I have one like within wherever you're sitting. There's one pretty close. Yeah, that's an Austin awesome one though.
3: And just to like unplug silicone tubes, like I think we use it every day. Yeah, yeah both on during the build and now that we're living in the van.
0: Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I think people are going to really like this. This is an awesome journey. Uh, If people want to follow along on your trip, where can they find you?
4: So Eden is making lots of content these days at Morley and Eden. And uh, I am at Morley Kurt on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, all those.
0: And you are continuing the YouTube stuff, even though you're in the van.
4: Yes, absolutely. Making long form videos. Um, building the van, but also adventures in the van and yeah. building stuff outside of the van, hopefully as well.
0: You did the video where you, you compared printing stag uh, st- stagnant versus printing while the van was in motion. Yeah. Were those speaker grills? What were you making?
4: Yeah. I was making, um, active ventilation for our oh, electrical okay, box. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. there was just like so many things with this build that we could have done and like probably force had foreseen the need during the build, but we just didn't have time. So sure. I knew eventually the bo- the electrical bench was gonna need ventilation. And uh, I didn't wanna just add like passive ventilation. So I bought some computer fans, yeah. wired them to the computer that hooks everything together so that they turn on once the temperature in there gets above a certain point.
0: Well, that's really awesome. Yeah, go follow along as they make their way towards Joshua Tree. Thank y'all so much for stopping in Houston and appreciate y'all coming on.
4: Thank
3: you. Thanks for having us.
2: We'd like to thank our folks over in the middle tier of Patreon. We've got Tony Langer from Langer Works, Susan DePlantis from Hearth and Garden Art, Stephanie Taddeo, and Kyle with Footwork Woodworking.
0: Now that Christmas has passed, I thought maybe we could talk a little more if you had any gifts for family members that might listen to the podcast that you didn't want to to talk about necessarily. I know I've made a few. I've I've got some Technically, haven't made yet, but they will be made by the time this episode comes out. <laughs> if y'all wanted to, maybe talk about these kind of things.
2: Well, yeah, I I have to thank you again, Dean, because last year you made one of the gifts that I gave Marvin, which was the, the little. Glasses. Oh no! Oh, go ahead. No, that wasn't you. That was just on the side. You made okay. that for me too. The ammo, um, can. The ammo can with his oh yeah, yeah 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 Ozark Spirit logo on it, and then yeah. this year. I snagged one of those uh, one of your rulers, and that is a meaty beast. That is that is nice. That is yeah, very nice. I've gotten some
0: good compliments. House uh, said some nice stuff. Um, I don't know if I've talked to Keith, but I- I've had a few people. I had one guy wasn't happy with um, the edge finish, and that and he's valid. Uh, I've got to figure out a better way to get oh. a square edge on it. But the rulers themselves, uh, I was very happy with. As soon as all the holiday stuff's over, I'm going to do another batch. Um, but it's funny you mentioned the ammo cans, those little cobalt toolboxes. Mm-hmm. That's what I did with those this year. So I had to raise yeah. my laser up higher. So right now it's sitting on oh. three two by 4s on each side to get it high enough that I could put um, those deals in. And I laser engraved. Chris and Uncle Mike, a few years ago, I did the Harley-Davidson logo but replaced mm. Harley Davidson with his name. And so it's the same motorcycle shield with his name in the middle. And I've been putting it on things for the last few years. And so his toolbox, I put that on the top of, and then her dad, um, so they, their machine shop is R.C. Schmidt and Sons machine shop, machine specialist. And so I took oh, okay. everything from that, removed their father's name or Kristen's grandpa's name in the boat and I shrunk it down and I did speed shop and then did like the logos for all the cars he has. And so I did that. And then for my nieces, I put their names on the top, but, uh, that Chinese, uh, powder coat, boy, it is not the most pleasant smell when it's burning I off. Bet. I bet.
2: Yeah. I I saw the ones that you did or you, yours. I'll probably just use the cricket. Oh yeah, I did cricket. mine. Yeah. 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 I'll just the, probably do the cricket on mine.
0: And the plan was always to do the cricket and just block mm-hmm. out the cobalt. But then mm-hmm. I was like, I just don't have time. I'm not proficient enough with the cricket. I don't use it enough.
2: Yeah.
1: So the well, laser I can do.
2: I, I need to get an official. I, and Now that you mentioned fiber, I don't know if that was in the podcast or not. But anyway, you know, maybe that's where I go to to source a lo- a real logo for yeah. my accounting side. Because I've got one of those little cobalts here. And um, I made stickers and stuff for Makers Camp and stuff like that. But it's not really like a logo style. So, right. but I'd like to... Uh, bling out uh those two. Now Katie gave one of those little cobalts to in the gift exchange and my mom ended up with it. It had a it took a couple little trips around to a few different people, but my mom likes to have her own tools that she kind of hides from my dad. And I no. don't blame her because he he's kind of like me in that he leaves his tools wherever he used them last. Yeah. And so then when she needs anything she doesn't want to have to go across you know 40 acres just to find where the whatever pliers was used last so she um yeah so I think she's going to actually use it as a toolbox the two that I've got in my shop I have specific tools in each of them and then I use it kind of more as a pencil holder here and
0: what I've done with mine so the uncle and my father-in-law the top and the little drawer are filled with candy and chocolate. They like, mm. you know, fancy chocolates from Trader Joe's or whatever. Right. And then the bottom, Austin, who makes the uh gas knob to it's yellow and red, and you can tell if your bottle is oh, um strong hand tools. Oh, is that strong hands? Okay, so mm-hmm. each of them, I've got one of those. Um stronghand tunes also. This weekend we did family dinner, the shop dinner. Uh they've gotten older, so that's not as wild. There was one thing that happened, but I, I'm gonna save it for Patreon, I think. Um <laughs> But her dad was talking about how he's been practicing TIG welding a lot. I guess me going over there this summer has got him back into trying TIG. So he's got a bunch of pipe he's trying to practice. And he said the problem though is when he doesn't have any support and he's focused, he'll get dizzy and fall over. And so Strong Hands has an uh, adjustable articulating arm support. Yeah, I just and saw And I looked. I was like, "Let's get this. I can get it delivered tomorrow." I said, "Kristen, this is what you're giving your dad for Christmas." So it looks nice, like it. killer. Yeah. And it wasn't it was like 70 bucks or something, which I mean, that was very reasonable, I thought, for what it is.
2: Yeah. And, you know, folks like our parents are that the not not necessarily because of their age, but because at this point in time, they have so much of everything yeah. or they're just going to buy it when they need it. If you could find something that, you know, yeah, they're going to appreciate or would are definitely going to use or whatever. I mean, that is a score. Well, right he there. used to be
0: easy because we would just do a piece of art like a picture of his car framed or I did the model a that he's built and I put it in Photoshop and I did like five different colors to make it kind of look like pop art kind of deal and then I did a brass plate and everything for it well we used to always do the chocolate basket and then her cousins were like oh well he seems to like that so now they get these giant over-the-top chocolate baskets and we're like we were just going to pick up stuff from Trader Joe's and putting yeah. it in a bag and they're bringing in these like legit gift bags. I was like, they kind of stole our gift, but I think we got something good this year. So
2: yeah, Pretty that's a good about one. That.
0: Um, other stuff. So this one, Christy, you're going to love this one. My, when I was growing up, we had a camp in, on a Boca Island in South Louisiana. And I used to go there all the time as a kid. And I went there with my great grandfather. He's the one that got the camp. So my dad's oh, grandpa. Wow the one that always took care of my dad. My dad was over there all the time. Uh, he died. I think it was in 2008. He died and he was in his nineties when he died. Well, we still had a lot of like furniture and things that were his at the camp, you know, cause it was his camp. Right. In 2011, uh, the river rose and the camp flooded the water above the door, just complete flood. Everything was ruined. And so some friends of I, uh, and I went down there and we were trying to clean everything up, but it was just, everything was rotten and dry rotted. And, uh, we burned what we couldn't keep and brought a few things home. One of the things I brought home was he had this hatchet and it was so hilarious to me because there was at least 30 nails in it. Like every time the head would start to slip, he would just drive another nail in. Yeah. So there was like 30 nails in this hatchet hand and it was rusted to <laughs> shit. And I've had it in my shed since 2011. Oh, wow. When we got the fence installed. One thing I had to do was empty that shed so I could move it. And I saw that hatchet in there. And I said, you know what? I'm going to clean that up and give that to my dad for Christmas. And so I hope he likes it. I mean, not that he's looking for a hatchet, but he does make the little fires in the solo stove on the back patio. Well, so I put it in some vinegar and then I uh, buffed it and I got some, I don't have any evaporator rust, but I got it pretty good clean, but it had some big gouges in it from probably hitting a piece of metal or something. Yeah. So I, um, I got the blade back looking nice. And then on the fiber laser, I put property of Arthur Wee Deplanus of Oak Island, Louisiana with nice. on the fiber laser into the um the head of the axe, and then I made a new handle for it out of oak, and I blacked it with some vinegar and still wool, and I, I still need to clear coat it, but that's what I'm going to give my dad. I'm gonna make a sheath for it and everything, but um I hope he he likes it. It was you know it's his grandpa's hatchet that's and cool. I, you know, brought it back to life. That was one I was pretty jazzed about, and then the other one, the spoons. I've been t- I've talked about them a few times. That was a tree. So Kristen's grandparents moved to Houston in the. 50s i think and the house that they lived in they planted a pecan tree in the front yard so this tree would have been 70 years old well it was got diseased over the summer it was Mm. just so hot and it died and so they had to have it cut down so her cousin called and said hey could you build you know they're thinking i'm gonna build a fucking bed or something i'm like that's not how this works you know like i don't know where to put all this shit you gotta let it dry you can't but i can make is some i can make some small stuff out of it that won't there's not enough wood there to move And so of all the whole tree, there was only two pieces, about three foot long and about, I don't know, 18 inches in diameter that weren't either rotten or full of Mm -hmm. bugs. And these were still had a good bit of bugs in them, but uh, I brought them home, cut them up with a chainsaw and then went to town on the bandsaw and the grinder and everything else. And I I have about 40 spoons and spatulas. And so I'm just going to put those in a bucket. And then whenever they're all doing presents, I'm going to say, look, these are all from your grandma and grandpa's house this was that tree that was in their front yard take whatever you want out of the bucket that's for everybody in the room and nice. so i hope they appreciate it it's 50/50 with them they're either going to love it or they're going to talk shit so we'll see <laughs> um we'll see how it goes you never know man that's funny you never know with them
1: yeah, yeah. It, with my family gatherings like when we do the white elephant or whatever like cuz that's the only that's the only get, gift that i make is i'll make a white elephant thing and uh Every time that I make something, it's majority women that come like, and they're all like, and none of them makes that. And so they're like, this is, and they fight over it every time. So we're doing white elephant this year. We're doing, um, it's called like naughty or nice or something like that. And it's like, so it's like booze or, you know, candy or something. So I made a rolling tray and a bag of weed to put, (laughs) because weed (laughs) is illegal in Virginia. (laughs) You put a bag of
0: weed in the thing?
1: Oh yeah. Oh, and uh, that's amazing. A bag of weed and then some rolling papers and a rolling tr- a nice walnut rolling tray that I made, which could be used as a, a charcuterie. Like, it, right. Yeah. You, know, you could use it, as a, but that's not what it was designed for, but you could definitely use it. And uh, I brought it in to Jamie and she's like, absolutely not. Absolutely
2: not. <laughs> I was wondering about that.
1: <laughs> and I was like, I don't give a shit. I'm putting it, out, even if she doesn't do it, I'm going to throw it in a bag and slide it under the tree just so I can get a reaction. You know? Yep and i'm hoping is it's that like your family my, or her family it's my family well her family will be here but it's my oh, family yeah. and my family's laid back about shit they, yeah. they'll think it's funny um i don't know what her family would think but i don't give a fuck yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> what about the boys yeah. you got anything that you're gonna have to wake up at midnight and try to put together
1: i don't do any assembly before even though i do think that's a good idea i don't do anything like that so yeah and I mean, this is going to sound bad, but I don't even remember what we got it so long. <laughs> we, all the things so long, I don't even remember what it is. So like, right. I gotta, I'll I'll find out uh, tomorrow when I'm rapping.
0: Christy, have you done anything besides the boot purse?
2: I did the boot purse, and I got that to my niece over the weekend. Uh, so actually, when I brought it to my parents first, and then uh, I pulled it out of the bag, and Katie just started crying because it's oh, it wow. her grandpa, and I was like score. <laughs> I know that's terrible, but I'm like, okay, mission accomplished. Um so Jessica came and picked it up. She was super happy with it. Everybody that saw it loved it. Um and then so Robin will get it on Saturday. So by the time this airs, it'll all be over with. So I'm excited um and I'm looking forward to just knowing that it's you know that she's that she's received it and, and everything went according to plan. So yeah, I was super happy. Super happy with that. And then, of course, um, you know, the other thing that I made, like I'd mentioned, is the charcuterie board. And uh, I've got the other half of that still. I'm not sure what I'm necessarily going to do with it. I might, like I said, I might just keep it for myself or I might just set it aside and and hang on to it. Um, otherwise, like for the kids, I don't normally make anything. And maybe I need to kind of think next year, kind of think ahead. Now, my mom, she's, you know, just she can't. She's just fantastic. So she will make something for everybody. And keep in mind, we're pushing like thirty-five people it's now. So many
1: people.
2: Yeah. So like when we I got there to the um we had it at the Knights of Columbus Hall. It's the church affiliation hall there because we are such a big group now to have our gathering. And on two of the big long church tables on the side was all of these like sewn crafts, and I was like, oh, they must have left their you know their craft bazaar out or something, and then mom's like, she's like, I made all those, and I was like, she's like, so everybody will get, we'll draw names and then or groups or whatever, and then you could pick out of the thing. And it was everything from, you know, the little cup koozie or not, the mug koozies, like a bowl of soup if you're heating it up in the microwave, it's the little, it's the little warmer so you can hold your bowl without your hands getting hot, um, or burning or whatever. Or then potholders or the big the big uh insulated pot holders to lay down on the um countertop or she uh, embroidered some pillowcases or just just all kinds of different um things that she made you know out of leftover fabric from holidays and you know quilts and stuff that she'd made and and that is one of the you know all of the kids and and grandkids and great grandkids. Now, I mean, we just get such a kick out of that. She enjoys doing it and we enjoy receiving those kind of things. So we each got to, you know, take our turns and um, get to pick out our goodies from her. So, yeah, she's she's pretty uh, she's pretty fantastic.
1: You know, you need to do next year for Dean's Christmas present is hire her to embroider a waffle robe that way when he's wearing on Instagram and a big D.
0: I'm thinking about breaking that thing out more often. It gets a lot of engagement.
1: You should wear yeah. it to work while that chick's spinning wool. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. If you like this episode, please give us a review and subscribe. We'd love to hear from you. So reach out to us on Instagram at Making Our Way Podcasts or on Patreon. You can find all of our latest individual content on Instagram or YouTube. I'm at High Caliber Craftsman. Dean is at Dean underscore Duplantis. And Christy is at Twisted Twine Woodworking. Like it, stick it, see you later, bye.
2: On our first tier Patreon, we'd like to thank the folks over there. We've got Jacob from Griffin Makes, Jacob from Other Dog Design, Keith Drennan from Blackthorn Concept, Justin from Bear Make It, Jeff Stein, a weird guy, Dave Bauer, Caitlin Landerno, Morley Kurt. Greg at Platt Valley Woodworks, Brenda McDonough from McDonough Design, Doug Grant Alexander, Jen Griffin The Black Sheep, Brian from Moonshine Leatherworks, The Makeshift Podcast, Maritime Knife Supply, Henry at HT1 Metalworks, Brad Harrison from Brad's Customs, Steve Delaney from One Old School Pirate, Kelsey Watson, Dan Gallagher from Goofballs by Dan, Chris Powell from Full Steam Design, Spaghetti and Waffles, Rebecca Johansson, Ira Housework, Eric from Overall MakerWorks, Ed John from ButtJoints.com, Dave Beckwith, Rob DeMarco, Dave at Atomic Airship Works, Earl III XYZ, Dana and Emmett at Rescue Room on Summit, and Max at Camp Arrowhead. Thanks a bunch, folks.